Hey everybody, welcome back to Review Mania. My name is Rob, along with Zach. Hey yo. Episode 21. Well, I should say bonus episode 21. We are going to be looking at the fourth pillar of Japanese wrestling. Or well, is it considered Japan. is it considered all Japan? Okay. Yeah, because he didn't really work in New Japan. Gotcha. Akira, I'm oh, sorry, Akira Tawe. Yes. I know nothing of this man. Please, Zach. Please enlighten me and our listeners. Uh, all right. So Akira Tawe is like Rob said, considered one of the four pillars of uh, all Japan wrestling, uh, which was uh, four people in the early to well throughout the nineties who ended up getting a large portion of uh, awards and um, stars for their matches. Uh, so the other people in in that list are uh, Misawa, um, and then there's Kenta Kobashi, and then uh, Jun Akiyama um, made the up the other um, pillar. Or no, it was Toshiaki Kawada, not Jun Akiyama. It probably should be Jun Akiyama and not Akira Tawe, but we'll get into that. Um, <laughs> Fighting words. Um, but. Um, Essentially, uh, Akira Tawe uh, is was like a very large power wrestler. Um, his finishing maneuvers are all variations of the choke slam, or he did. He also had this thing called the dynamic bomb, which is essentially just the Liger bomb, um, which is you know that uh, alling sit out power bomb that Jujin Liger always did. Um, and as far as like wrestlers go, like, I don't say this like lightly or anything like that, but like, I don't get Akira Tawe. <laughs> um, like I don't get the appeal necessarily. Um, he's always been like one of those people that's like, oh, well he did all these great matches. And then I watch, you know, his great matches and I'm just like. I'm more impressed with what the other person in the match is doing. And I think that's where like, like he, he's a person who can hold their own within a match and the other person makes the match. Great. Do you kind of get what I'm saying there? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I also thought that he just like, I always thought he looked old. Like, um, I'm not a body person necessarily like i'm not like in like i'm not into like the big muscly people like vince mcmahon or anything along those lines but i always thought that he kind of looked old like his body just has that like old man shape where... <laughs> that, old... <laughs> that old man shape where well, it's like <laughs> the match i was watching from 2005 he did have a balding spot it was thinning yes um I don't know, like, his pecs always have, like, this, like, little dimple around them, and I just associate that with, like, old man body. So, anyway. Uh, but, yeah, choke slams um, are the name of the game. Uh, his One of his finishing maneuvers is uh, he does a back suplex, and then he transfers that into a choke slam, which is called 
Orewa Tawe, which translate, if you speak Japanese, it's I am Tawe. <laughs> Hell my yeah. My name is, is Tawe. Um, and then uh, some of those other variations are like, I'll do a choke slam off the top rope where the person's on the top rope and then I just throw them or I'll just th throw them and do a uh, choke slam. The one thing I will say is that uh, Akira Tawe, out of the four pillars, appears to be the only one that was like consistently a heel. Um, especially in the old Japan days, because uh, we'll get to it, but um, you know, maybe we've talked about this before, but in 2000... And one, uh, Giant Baba died, and uh, oh. Misawa took everybody from uh, all Japan except for Toshiaki Kawada and one other person and formed Pro Wrestling Noah and started his own company. And so, like, Kenta Kobashi and Akira Tawe uh, followed Misawa to form this new company. And so that's why Pro Wrestling Noah exists now. Um, so... Um, I don't know where I was going with that. <laughs> um, but the first match that we ended up watching was uh, for the GHC title, for which is Noah's uh, heavyweight title. Gotcha. Yeah. GHC. Global Honored Crown is what GHC stands for. Oh. Gotcha. Which is uh, Noah's equivalent to the IWGP, which... For New Japan is the governing body for their championships. That's why all of the uh, major New Japan championships are the IWGP titles. All of the NOAA titles are the GHC titles. Well, there you go. Yeah. So we watched three matches featuring Kawe. Yeah. And I should probably bring them up. The first one was Akira Tawe versus Takeshi Riko for Noah yeah. on May 11th, 2005 for the GHC Heavyweight Championship. What can you tell me about Takeshi Riko? So Takeshi Rikio... Um, oh, it is Rikio. Is My bad. Rikio, yeah. Um, former sumo wrestler oh. turned professional wrestler. That's right, he was um, doing little hand things. Yeah, yeah. So, um, he uh, was a uh, sumo wrestler up until the year 2000, and then in the year 2000, he was scouted by All Japan Pro Wrestling, entered the All Japan Training School, and then left All Japan with everybody else um, when Noah was formed. And so, he's only like five years into his career um, as a pro wrestler at this point. Um, already... GHC heavyweight champion, which is the highest title in pro wrestling. Noah uh, ended up retiring in 2011 due to neck injuries. Oh, okay. Well, but still alive and, and and kicking. There you go. Well, that's a good thing. Yes. So after the entrance, someone reads a paper. Do you know what that was about? Uh, yeah. So, um. Essentially, uh, before major title matches in Japan, oftentimes, uh, uh, New Japan used to do this a lot. They would essentially read a paper from the governing body of, of the um, promotion saying, this match is for the Global Honored Crown 
heavyweight championship. It's going to be against this person and this person. Here we go. You know, that sort of thing. No dick kicks. Uh, yeah, essentially. Do it with honor. <laughs> All right. Uh, they then show the title to Tawei. Both men get streamers upon being announced. So early on, the crowd is behind Tawei. Both men hitting moves, but no one really getting the advantage. Uh, finally, Tawei is able to get Rikio out of the ring after a big boot. He then hits a suicide dive to the outside. Both men are big and plotting, meaning this was slow. Yes. A sleeper by Tawei. He then wraps his legs around the body of Rikikyo, uh for good measure to drive more air out of him. Since the suicide dive, though, it's all been Tawei. Short arm clotheslines and a choke slam, which makes the crowd go, ooh. Anytime he got the goozle, you got a, oh, from the crowd. It was kind I will of say this. I will say this. He, Tawei is very good at getting the crowd into it. Like, I wasn't into it necessarily. I was like, Oh great! He's going to for a choke slam again. He's gonna go and grab him by the neck and stuff like that. But mm-hmm. um, the crowd was like, always like, oh, if he gets that choke slam, the match is over. And so, I never think of the choke slam as like a move that can be hit out of nowhere. But apparently, Tawei has kind of made it into that, gotcha. seemingly. Um. He then tries for another choke slam on the ring apron, but twice it's blocked. And then another big boot sends Rikikyo down to the floor, crashing into the metal barricade. Tower then removes some blue mat uh, and then sets up for a choke slam, but Rikikyo is able to block it and turn it into a power bomb onto the unprotected floor. Yes, and, um, and. Tawei didn't get up very high. Well, I don't um, blame him. For that, well, no, I don't either, but um, it looked like Rikio was trying to get him up a little higher because when Tawei started to fall, he was still upside down. <laughs> so it was kind of scary. <laughs> kind of, yeah, kind of dangerous. The count gets to nine, and Rikio drags Tawei into the ring for a two count. I was kind of curious, like, one sec. Oh, excuse me. Yeah, yay for editing. That's good. Um, where did we edit that out at? Uh, about 10.50. Okay. So, I was curious about why he brought him back into the ring. I mean, I guess it could be, ah, well, you know, he has no 20, he could rest up. But, you know, I don't know. Anywho. Uh, so after submissions by Rikio, both men are up and slapping each other, and then Tawei falls over like a tree to the mat. And then the ref refuses Rikio from attacking Tawei, but then he just lets the match continue. Rikio hits big clothesline for a near fall. Rikio tries for another clothesline, but Tawei ducks and then hits a German suplex onto Rikio, and a running single leg drop kick to the face to follow up. But Tawei can't capitalize. He then hits a uh, Sami Zayn-esque haluva kick into the corner. He puts Rikio on the top rope and chokes him off the top rope for only a two. I was disappointed by that. 
Left I was the like, choke slam off the top rope. Yeah, you only get a two count. That's a big finisher. Well, yes. Tower then hits another choke slam, and then picks him back up, and then he hits a power bomb. That dynamic bomb you called it. Yeah. For another two count. A backdrop by Tawa is reversed by Rikio, who turns midair. Uh, this allows Rikio to hit a running lariat, which I think is a signature move because he uses it a lot. I I think so. Another lariat by Rikio puts Tawa down on the mat, as then he hits a flying cross body block for a two, as the announcer goes nuts, and then out of nowhere a power bomb by Rikio. And then a choke slam by Rikio. So he's turned his own move on Tawei. Well, Tawei can't be beaten by his own move. Tawei, uh, and then Rikio then climbs the top rope again and hits a splash for another two. Though the three or four really big power moves. And they all get two counts. Every time Rikio goes to the top rope, the announcer is screaming in amazement. Well, he's a former sumo wrestler. Well, uh, well, I guess. I mean, it's not like he's fat or anything. Well, no, he's but really, there's, there's... He's really, really thin, and he's really chiseled for that life of a profession. Well, there's, there's two types of sumo wrestlers, actually. There's the big fat ones, and then there's the muscular ones. Oh, I've never seen the and, big muscular ones, then. And so, and there's two different styles of sumo because of that so damn it i only know the yokozuna version <laughs> well that's that's the more famous of the two yes rikio tries for another choke slam but Tawei gets out and hits an insiguri but does nothing rikio hits a modified i thought this was like a noki drop like a rock bottom Nope, it's a it's a back suplex into choke slam. Yeah, I quickly realized that seeing it after like the fifth time, I was like, "Oh, that's what he's doing." Because in this case, he like grabbed him low, like, and then kind of hit it. Yeah, it was. It took me a minute to realize what I was watching. So, uh, he then gets he then slows the down the match with an octopus stretch in the middle of the ring. That was Which really doesn't look like an octopus stretch and more looks like in a an, an abdominal stretch. Oh, uh, well, I mean he had his leg around the head though. Yeah. And he had the arm through his leg. That's why I thought it was an octopus stretch. Well, it it was it was. He called it a manje kame, which is the Japanese for octopus hold, but like ah. um it's just, it looked more like an. You want to know why stretch. I know that name? Why? WCW NWO Revenge. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Tawei then hits a back body drop into a choke slam. So that's why I didn't realize when I was watching. I was just like, oh, that's cool. I I had to. I actually stopped the second match and was like, yeah, I should probably figure out what his finishers and shit are. The crowd chants along. One. Two, and then a kick out. Tawei then throws Rikio into the ramp and then sets up for a choke slam but can't get it. He goes for a big boot but it's blocked by Rikio, who then hits a lariat. Rikio then is slapped and Tawei slaps back and the force is so hard he flies off the ramp. 
Rikio then judo throw judo throws uh by the throat uh off the ramp onto the mat. It was weird. Yes. And the announcers are like, Oh my god! Abadai <laughs> Open hand slash by both men, and then an insecurity takes down Rikio. The ref doesn't seem to try very hard though to stop Tawe from from doing anything. Like when it happened to him, the ref like physically stopped Rikio from attacking. But when Tawe did it and Rikio went down in the same manner, the ref was stopped bet- was set between them. But then he just kind of like let him po- pick him up. And I'm like, what the fuck? You made more of an effort for Tawe. Should be fair. Tawe then hits a brain buster for another two count and then another back back suplex uh, choke slam thing I wrote. And then he finally gets the three count to become the new GHC champion. Yes. Woo. And I think this was his last time as champion, too, before he kind of started taking a backstage role. Like, he didn't retire for another couple of years after this, but, like, I think Tawei, I believe this is correct, when Misawa ended up dying in the ring, Tawei became president of uh, Noah for a little while. Mm-hmm. So. Gotcha. That... Gotcha. Well, um, what did you think of the match? I I will let you speak first. Um, well, I've kind of spilled the beans a little bit. I don't really like Akira Tawe. I don't really get him. You hate um, all his I, matches. I don't hate all of his matches, but, like, the chokeslam gimmick, like, when somebody's like, I am the master of this particular throw, mm-hmm. always kind of weirds me out. Like, I don't like Roderick Strong for the same reason. Like, I'm the master of the backbreaker. Like, cool. Yeah, but does does he do nine backbreakers in a match? Uh, well, when he was on the indie circuit, yes. Oh, okay. Because <laughs> that was my only thing. What kind of frustrated me is, like, this is supposed to be your finisher, and you hit, like, seven of them in the match. Yeah, and it's, like, and it's all like... different types of choke slams. And... Yeah, but to me, a choke slam's a choke slam's a choke slam. Right. Like, what? Am I supposed to expect that? Like, because he grabbed you from low and lifted you up higher and then turned into a chokeslam? Like, what's the difference? It well, wasn't like the more torque on it. It wasn't like he, it was does... the big show chokeslam. That's the one I didn't see. Right. I See, that's the other thing is, like, Tawai's, like, a very tall person, but, like, he's not, like... When we think of somebody who does a chokeslam in the United States, it's, like... The Big Show, or uh, Sid, or Scott Hall, these people who are, like, seven feet tall. Yeah. Um, and Tawei, like, I don't I don't really know how tall he is, but I don't think he's that tall. Like, I think he's, like, six foot five, which is humongous, but, like, and for wrestlers, it's not, not the biggest in the world. According to Pro, Pro Wrestle System Wiki, because that just, you know, it just screams... Uh... No. Accuracy. Well, not accuracy. Just, I think it's funny. System wiki. A wiki system. Here, you can even see a picture of him today. Or at least recent. Uh, six foot four inches. Okay. Now he just looks like an old man. I know. You would never even notice looking at him that he was a wrestler. Now he just looks like a salary man. 
or an OG san. OG san. Hi, Hodge. You're welcome. You want to come here and talk about Akira Tawe? What were your thoughts? You were speechless? Okay. <laughs> Cat speechless. All right. So, so yeah, I, I, I like the match. Like, there was definitely parts where they got the crowd. Like, when the crowd was hot. But, and they bite, they bit on a couple of the near falls. But overall, it was just like, okay, it's two big men. They're going to have a big man match, and they did. So uh, there was one part in the match that we mentioned where uh, Kawhi does a brain buster, yes. and the crowd like flipped out yes. when that happened. Apparently, um, Kawhi has been known to do a choke slam from the vertical suplex position as well. Okay, I, I'd, I'd want to see. That sounds amazing. Which is called the Chi-Chi Boo Cement. Okay, now I want to YouTube that real quick. Let's see. Let's see how badly I... Let's see what I get. Chi-Chi Boo Cement. Super Boo turns Chi-Chi in egg. That's not it. Uh, so Chi-Chi Boo is one word. It's... C H I C H I B U, and then cement. Oh, what what is wrong with people? Goku's first night with Chi Chi after Kid Boo. Why? Why is this on YouTube? All right, I I have a uh, I have a video game model. I'll send it to you real quick. So. Oh, yep, like I found 10. it. Yeah, 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 I found it. 17, okay. 12 years ago. Okay, that's why I was not putting it. That's all one word. Let's see. Okay, it looks like a falcon arrow. It does look like, it looks like a standing falcon so, yeah, arrow. Yeah, he falls to his knees. At least that's what the video game adaptation is. Obviously, yeah. uh, obviously, uh, I cannot find a real life example okay it looks more it sounded more impressive than it was because i was trying to figure out how do you do it safely yeah because it sounds like you're just going to drop them on their head yes that's exactly <laughs> what i thought when i was like uh is there a reason i didn't see this <laughs> uh so yes uh overall i enjoyed the match though um obviously not knowing about you know uh, not knowing the finishers and stuff was kind of like, oh, okay. But I kind of got it from the crowd, like, okay, it was a big move. Yeah. So. What would you give that match out of five? Two? A two? Yeah, I'd probably say two and a, two and a quarter. Maybe two and a half. 1.5? Oof. Next up, we had Mitsuhara Masawa versus Akira Ta uh, Tawe. Yay, Masawa! April 15th, 1995. It is the finals of the Championship Carnival. Or the Carnival. What is it? Carnival Championship? Uh, the Championship Carnival. It's yes. essentially um, All Japan's answer to the G1. Yes. 
Although I think the championship carnival has been running longer than the G1, so vice versa. But yes. regardless. All right. Streamers everywhere. So many people are trying to clean them out of the ring. Tawei is the taller of the two men. The bell rings and the crowd is super hot. A simple shoulder tackle has the crowd going nuts as Tawei uses his bigger stature. Um... To just simply do a shoulder block. He then tries for a snake eyes in the corner, but Masawa blocks it. Masawa goes for an early drop kick from the middle rope, but Tawai blocks it and hits an arm drag to send Masawa outside. Suicide dive by Tawai has the crowd going nuts, and Masawa is down as the camera almost misses it completely. <laughs> the crowd chants Tawai, Tawai, Tawai. As they go back into the ring, uh, Tawai hits several short arm lariats, but then the crowd starts chanting for Masawa. That was one thing I found kind of weird in this, where they would cheer for the other person getting beaten up. If you were the aggressor, the crowd did not cheer for you. I don't know if that's a Japanese thing to try to like, hey, to psych him up or, or what. Well, um, one of the things that um happened prior to this match that we're not really aware of is that prior to this match in particular um Misawa actually uh, broke his orbital bone ow like 3 weeks prior to this match and <laughs> was still wrestling he didn't have and... the Cody Rhodes mask on no he did not have the Cody Rhodes mask on and so one of the things that um, Tawe was doing throughout the match was he started gouging at the eyes and started like doing face locks that were right at the bridge of the nose and ah. things like that. And that's when people started really cheering for Misawa. Gotcha. Yeah. Uh, Misawa gets a flying shoulder tackle and then a sleeper. So this is where you were saying now. Okay, but it's quickly turned into a front face lock by Tawei for him to take over. Uh, Tawei easily picks up Masawa and tosses him against the top rope chest first repeatedly. He made him look like he was picking up a fucking, like, feather. He would herk him up as quick as a hiccup and just be like, wow. Because Masawa was awesome and he knew when to jump. Yes. Every time Misawa gets an opening, Tawa is able to block it and hit something of his own. Finally, though, Misawa is able to hit a spin kick and send Tawe onto the floor. He hits a suicide dive, but instead of a normal suicide dive, it's a flying elbow smash. And he runs it into the face of Tawe to take That's him down. That's where Samoa Joe got it. Ah. Well, there you go. A diving elbow to a standing Tawe takes him down, and Misawa gets a two-count in the ring. A flurry of forearms takes Tawei down to his knees. Then Masawa hooks the arms, but he can't hit the power bomb. And then he hits a flurry of elbows to the face of Tawei to drop him as if he were knocked out. Masawa covers him and only gets the kick out at right before three. And the crowd stomps their approval. As Tawai is on the floor trying to recompose himself, the crowd chants his name, and he gets in the ring, and the ref allows the match to continue. 
Masawa then hits a spinning backdrop for another two count on Tawe. Uh, this match now is all Masawa. Masawa hooks the arms from behind, but Tawe gets to the ropes to break the hold, apparently. I was kind of confused by that. Because it's not a submission, you're just inhibiting the person. But apparently every time Tawe got to the ropes, they, they made him break. Yeah, well, that's the thing in... That's that sh- that's a rule in regular wrestling also. Like, if somebody's trying to give you a, a suplex and you're in the ropes, the ref is supposed to try to break it up. Ah, oh, okay, fair. We just don't see it broken up very often. Right. Okay, that's where I was a little confused. I'm like, well, this isn't a submission. It's just a move attempt. Uh, Masao then bites the head of of Taue, and then Taue does the same. Unfortunately, there was no blood. <laughs> he then stands on the throat of Masawa to the horror of the announcer. Uh, this gives Tawe an opening to hit his snake eyes by slamming Masawa's face into the top turnbuckle. Then, Masa- uh, then Tawe follows up with a running drop kick to send Masawa to the outside of the ring. Tawa then hits a back suplex from the ring apron to the floor on Masawa as he was trying to get back into the ring. Tawa then goodles Masawa on the ring apron, but Masawa can hit a forearm to break the hold and can successfully get back in the ring. A senton, a frog splash by Masawa, seems to have re-energized him. He then hits a bridging suplex and he gets a near fall. The crowd is cheering their hearts out now. So now we've hit the, you know, the highest gear of the match. As Masawa gets back to his feet, he hits a tiger suplex for a near foul. Masawa tries for another tiger suplex, but Tawai blocks it and gives him a suplex of his own uh, to the outside. But Masawa lands on the apron, and Tawai goes on the ring apron, goozles Masawa, and hits a huge choke slam from the ring apron to the match below. Yeah, that made me cringe a yeah, little bit. Because that's I fun. Like, yeah, and it's like, it wasn't, it wasn't, uh, it was a little over uh, 10 years later, Masao died in the ring, so, and it's because of things like that, but. Yeah. It, I don't know if we were, if, I, if you remember, but. Um, or if we talked about this when we did the Misawa episode, but Misawa actually had an internal decapitation. That's what he died of. Yes, I remember. Yes, we did to speak yeah. about it. Yeah, it's sad. It's sad that you can go on YouTube and watch it too. Yes, and uh, also the the person who ended up doing the move, um, Bison Smith, no longer with us either. Really. Yeah, he died of a heart attack. Oh, sad. Oh, yeah. I, I I thought about that, too, when I was watching this. I was like, man, this guy is so fucking good. He's going to die in the fucking ring. Did not take care of his body. No. Masawa is dead weight as Tawei tries to lift him up and get him back into the ring. Finally, after a little bit, Tawei is able to get Masawa into the ring. And he gets a two count. Masawa by, uh, and it wasn't just a kick out, it was he got to the ropes. He was so close to the ropes, he was able to get touch him. 
So it caused a rope break. Yes. Excuse me. Masawa hits a desperation elbow to the face, and then he falls to the outside again, still selling the choke slam. Again, Masawa is dragged into the weight. Tawe hooks up Masawa, hits a German suplex, and he's able to kick out at 2.99 seconds. The crowd is absolutely ravenous. Tawe hits a sit-down powerbomb, so the dynamic bomb. Yes. For another two-count on Masawa, Tawe is now pissed off, so he starts kicking a down Masawa. Tawe puts Masawa on the top rope. He goozles, but Masawa turns it into an arm drag. It's a running elbow. The arms are hooked by Masawa, but Tawe back body drops Masawa. And then a series of spinning elbows take Tawe down. Masawa then hits a tiger driver for another two count. Uh, and then Tawe kicks out for at the very last second again. More elbows by Masawa, then a tiger suplex for another near fall. And then another tiger suplex. Masawa finally gets a pinfall to be the Carnival Grand Champion. And this match was rated five stars by Dave Meltzer. Yes, I and I will rate it. I will rate it four because Masawa is really good, but I'll dock it one star because Tawa is really bad. Oof. Hey, I gave it a four too. I really enjoyed it. They really showed the heart and the fighting spirit of both men. And my God, Masawa was dripping sweat yes. by the end of that match. And, uh, I mean, Dave has gone on record saying, you know, I rate the star matches by the performance and what it meant at the time and things of that nature. So now that you tell me, like, hey, he had an orbital bone that was broken and obviously it was the end of the tournament and and all that, I mean, it must have been great watching this. Right, because the championship carnival, much like the G1, goes on for like a month. So it's less like you have all these like big matches for like a month at a time. And so it must be really exciting to see. I would I would love to be able to go and like just follow all Japan or New Japan around as they do these big tournaments and stuff like that. Yeah. Uh so yeah, it was uh it was a really good match. Really good match. Uh, finally, Gary Albright and Yashihiro Takayama versus the Violence Bulldogs. I think my favorite tag team name ever. <laughs> Akira Tawe and Jun Izumita. I don't know anything about Jun Izumita. This is ask. my first time. First time seeing. Him, but I was like, this match has Akira Tawe, and it also has Yoshihiro Takayama, who we've done an episode about, I believe, and Gary Albright, who is super cool, and a member of the Anawaii family by marriage, and great. Yeah, and I was sad to read that Gary Albright also died in the ring. Yes, after taking a cutter, he just collapsed. Ugh. Let's see. I'm trying to. I'm looking through our bonus episodes. I 
don't know. I thought we did a Takayama episode. I'm looking. Because I don't I don't recall. Um, if not, then we're going to do one. Look at the last page here. We've got Tenaru Masawa. We did Ishii. Uh, maybe maybe no. Takayama yeah, appeared and that must have been it. We got Great Muda, Asami Kodaka. Maybe that's who you're thinking. No, no. I mean, I know I like Kodaka a lot because he's like extreme. But uh, Steve Williams and Big Van Bader, Jushin Lander Liger, Akira. Oh, that's who you're probably thinking of. Akira Hokuto. No, 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 no. no. I, no, I thought we I thought we had done a we probably, Takeyama. Yeah, we probably did. Uh not a not a dedicated episode, but he's probably in there. But uh Yoshihiro Takeyama is uh very famous for um having a uh MMA fight with uh uh John Fry. Or Don Fry, where uh they just beat the crap out of each other for like 10 minutes. Um, just constantly punching each other in the face. And um, he's like one of the, he's one of the only people ever to win the IWGP heavyweight championship, the triple crown and the uh, GHC heavyweight champion. Like he's been champion of the three big promotions in Japan. Unfortunately, Takayama ended up uh, having doing a um, a simple uh, sunset flip, and he ended up um, paralyzing himself. Oh no! And so, um, yeah, he ended up being paralyzed from like I think the neck down. What? I think um, that's where they always worry about Chris Jericho. That happened yeah. to him. Yeah. And it was like there he didn't even botch the move as far as I was aware. Like he just did it and it ended up happening. Gotcha. Gotcha. Well bummer. Alright. Let's get into it. The shortest of the three matches. Which I think was good. Because I kept getting fucking confused at who was who. It was either this match or it was going to be a five-minute match between Akira Tawe and a young Tommy Dreamer. That I would have loved to see. <laughs> AC Daisy, Blair's of the Arena, as Gary Albright and Yoshihiro Takayama make their way to the ring. They came out to Thunderstruck. Thunder. Uh, I thought it was funny because like, this is during the whole ECW. And I was like, no one gave a shit about copyright. No. Albright and, Azum- and Izumita start off by uh, the bout. Albright is much larger than both of men. Both the men he's facing. Izumita tries several shoulder blocks, but they do nothing. He then tries a few headbutts. They do nothing. And Albright easily runs over Izumita. Was it Baba who was on commentary? 
Yeah, it was Baba who yes. was on commentary. I said, Baba is on commentary. His muffled Japanese is so distinct, although I'm probably wrong. Who is it? Because I wasn't 100% yeah. sure. Because I remember you yelling at me going, that was Baba. The first time well, I heard it. Because remember the last time I said, who's the guy who sounds like he's muffled? Like he's, he's talking like this with his hand in front of his mouth. That's what he sounds Baba. like. Yeah, well, it's because he has gigantism and it makes his voice sound funny. That He sounds like a Japanese uh, Andre the Giant because Andre had the same thing. Yeah, well, I always think of like a coach that has like the paper in front of their face, like the NFL yeah. coaches when they're like, okay, we're going to run uh, that run play we talked about last week. Like, I just, I just know his voice. Not time I hear like muffled, like... Muffled Japanese. Like, oh, there's Baba. Yep. And honestly, I wish I knew Japanese because I want to know what the fuck he brings. Is he saying something worthwhile? Or is he like, bitch, I'm Giant Baba. I own this place. I will fucking be on commentary if I want to be on commentary. I always thought of, I, like, I mean, like, I, I know a little bit of Japanese. I don't know enough to necessarily understand the Japanese commentary but I always thought that Giant Baba on commentary was much like Vince on commentary not like oh what a maneuver but I like, would love to hear him <laughs> what a maneuver or however they would say it I would just love to hear Baba what a maneuver But I always thought it was like something similar to that I hear like, you. yeah I'm gonna book that fucker to lose uh, just wait till I get in the back. Uh, Tally's worked over by uh, Albright, and then after some quick tags, in and out, Albright is taken off his feet by a big boot. But surprisingly, the crowd remained silent. Albright quickly takes over and cuts off the ring, keeping everyone, keeping him in his corner. Takayama applies a sleeper hold. To Izumata. Both are wearing black trunks. It's really hard to keep telling who is who. The only way I knew was Imata had knee pads. And the other guy had knee pads, but they were up to his tape. So, yeah, that's the only way I found um, out. Takayama looks a lot different than he normally does in this match. He has black hair. Normally, he has bleached blonde hair. So when I first saw him, I was like, oh, my God. Takayama with black hair? I've never seen this before. Oh. Well, that would have been nice because... Fuck. <laughs> uh, so basically, it was just a lot of uh, cutting off the ring. I got more, but I really don't care. The match is really just cutting them cutting off the ring and then working over the leg and working to a hot tag to Taue. And then when Taue finally got the hot tag, it kind of just petered out pretty quick. Yeah. And uh, it was kind of shit. Yeah, it's, it's not a very great match. If I could have gone back and chosen something else, I would have. But I was like, there's so many cool people in this match yeah so finally the match just kind of breaks down all right takiyama hit a double choke slam um on imada 
And then they, and then Takayama just hits like a bunch of, like Hulk Hogan-esque leg drops. And then he just gets a two count, hits another one, gets a two count, hits another one, gets the win. And that's the match. It was like a 15-minute match. Like, it wasn't bad. It told a good story. It was the two bigger wrestlers, you know, dominating, cutting the ring off, doing quick tags in and out, and then, like, working over a body part. In this case, it was the leg. So they would do, like, heel hooks or ankle locks or, like, single-leg Boston Crabs. And then it was like, all right, cool. And then they won. Like, yeah. it was like, all right, that was a match. And the crowd gave no shits. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I, I mean. I gave it a one. Yeah, that that's fair. Um, There was just a lot of history with the people like in the match. Like, mm-hmm. like I said, Takayama is a uh, very famous MMA and pro wrestler. Um, and Gary Albright was a triple crown champion. Tawei has won the triple crown. So mm-hmm. like considering the people that were in it, I was like, oh, well, this was probably really good. I didn't know one of the competitors. But besides that, I was like, these three probably were going to get like a hell of a match. And it just didn't end up being that case. Yeah. No, I hear you. Um, so, yeah, I mean, like I said, it wasn't a bad match. It was just kind of like, it was there. It's not, not, not bad, not great. But, I mean, don't get me wrong. It was fun seeing Gary Albright. I'd never seen him wrestle before. Never saw most of these people. So, it's nice to see new people. Yeah, Gary Albright also had this gigantic scar on his face. I was like, ooh. What happened? So, overall, I know you're not a fan of Tawei, but, like, do you think his pillar spots deserved or do you just think like like why do you think he gets the praise well he i think he gets the praise because he's in the matches where like the most emotion and stuff happens so i'm not saying that he's not worthy of it because clearly if you are in the matches that get the best reaction out of the crowd or um and all of these great people are saying you're good, then there has to be something there. Me personally, I don't like his style all that much. I think it's slow. I think it's plotting. And whereas Kenta Kobashi and Misawa and Toshiaki Kawada are both are all very dynamic wrestlers. Like they do their big power stuff. I mean, like Kenta Kobashi, uh, has like 15 different power bombs that he does and Misawa has like all these elbow variations and Kawada is known for his kicks like they all have things that they're like known for but those other three at least in my mind are like more dynamic more uh fast paced more they just move more and Tawe is more of the I'm going to choke slam you and then I'm going to like mean mug to the crowd and it's a different style than you generally see in um King's Road wrestling which is what All Japan was um because Misawa and 
Kobashi and Kawada are all mad people who are more apt to like kick you in the face than say hello to you. So um, it's just different. Um, I, it's not for me, but I'm sure that like if we ever get a chance to talk to Dave Meltzer, he would probably educate us on why Akira Tawa is so great. Well, maybe we should write in and say, why is Akira Tawa so great? And then Brian will be like, get out of here, you losers. Exactly. exactly. Zinni will make fun of us. Yes. I welcome Just that. as long as we don't get made fun of by Craig. Yes. All right. So, that is Akira Tawe. Yes. I, I know I picked this one, I think. You did. I want to pick one more. All right. You can pick all of them. I want to look at some Japanese death match wrestling. Okay. I like the, I like the, uh, Kodaka stuff. Mm-hmm. And I know there's some wild, crazy Japanese wrestling stuff that I would love to see. I know some, some very, very famous McFoley and Terry Funk. I know there's that one. I've heard of things like spider web, barbed wire. I've seen piranha. Which just seems sad because you're like, <laughs> you're fucking with animals. I feel bad for the animals. They're just trying to live their life and you're, hey, I'm going to go into your fucking house. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm going to get pissed and bite you. Uh, all right. So, all right. So there's kind of like. I know there's like two different variances. There's like. Big Japan Pro Wrestling and their crazy fucking gimmick matches with like with the countdown explosion ring. And then I remember vividly like I remember getting a DVD when I was like thirteen or fourteen, maybe maybe fifteen or sixteen. I remember an FMW DVD came out and I was like, Holy shit! This thing FMW, I've heard of FMW, I've heard of Hayabusa. And I was all excited to see what kind of matches they had and they didn't have much in the way of the the crazy death matches. Although I did right. see the 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 uh, uh, the Onita uh, mm. FMW Dark Side of the Ring not too long ago, and I went and looked at some of those matches with like they were wrestling in bore. They put the ring in a big pool, and, and there was explosions. Get- and then he also gets stabbed in the stomach with a sickle. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. So here's my thought. Um, yes. If we're going to do deathmatch wrestling, um, we can do some like big Japan stuff and we can do some more modern stuff. Um, but if we're going to do deathmatch wrestling, I think we should probably cover more than just Japan. So I'll also throw in some CZW. Uh, I want to preface CCW, though. XPW is hard as I got. I've seen some sick shit from CCW that I really don't care to watch. I've seen where they put the little fucking... They took a fucking computer processor or something and fucking jammed it into, like, one of the guy's heads. And I was like, what the fuck? That's not wrestling. Or they use the little sticks. Like, yeah, that shit. I, I mean, that shit's too far for me. But okay. I, but like, I love, I love, I would love 
to watch. I used to own the DVDs. I used to have it on tape, actually. XT, XPW Baptized in Blood. Those deathmatch tournaments were so much fun to watch. Well, see, that's the thing. Like, I think we could probably... I I will... We can we can preview it before, but I I think um, like, I think mate like some early tournament of death from CZW might be something to to see. Cause yeah, I've never seen the early stuff, but I don't want to see the shit where fucking Madman Pondo is getting hit with a fucking weed whacker, or just re- just really stupid stuff where it's just like okay. This is absurd to be absurd to say, we did that. Look at us. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I mean, well, Sick, Sick Nick Mondo did get hit. That's what Sick Nick Mondo, yeah, not, not. Um, yeah, Matt, yeah, no, there's Sick Nick Mondo and then there's Madman Pondo. And they were both, and they were both in one tournament of death, I think, at one point. Yeah, oh, gotcha. Either way, then they sound similar. But yes, I would love to get into some, some deathmatch wrestling i would love to see some japan i'd love to see some american like i said ecw and xpw were about as hardcore as i got yeah you know i still can't believe when i was watching like the best of ecw that they had a on the from the wwe they showed the match with the broken glass between uh, the um between the Rotten Brothers. Yeah, and they were like, oh, and then we were going to have this match. And I'm like, this is on the WWE. Holy shit. Yeah, I mean, speaking of the Rotten Brothers, we could also do um, some IWA Mid-South, which is Ian Rotten's promotion. Yeah. I know uh, CM Punk does. talks about trying to tear down the the arena because it was their last night there. Yeah, um, but they definitely do some uh, deathmatch um, stuff there too. So. Yes. Uh, what was theirs called? I know. I think it was just. I think it was just called Tournament of Death or something, or something. I I know they had a thing. Yeah, Tournament of Death is CZW. Uh, yeah. Um. But yeah, I think theirs is like the deathmatch invitational or something. I wouldn't um, mind seeing it- some game changer wrestling too. I've I know it's like the hot thing. I saw the Matt Cardano match, which was crazy, um, and obviously I got to see uh, I got to see uh, Nick Gage live on AEW Dynamite. Yeah, awesome. I mean I we could uh, we could watch his uh, David Arquette match. I've seen it. I don't want to see David Arquette get sliced in the throat again. <laughs> yeah, I know. I don't really watch that match either. Um, but yeah, no, I'll uh, I'll hunt some things down and then we can. Um, yeah, like I I'll, don't want anything ridiculous. I'll give you but... trigger warnings on everything that I I give you, and then you can tell me yay or nay. Like, have you seen the documentary from um, uh, what the fuck's his name? It's from Vice. I forget the guy who who, who does the. He's from a band called Fucked Up and up in Canada. He's on a podcast. Uh, David, yeah. Uh, Abraham, uh, what's his name? Um, Damien Abraham, that's his name. Uh, he's on a podcast I listen to with Post Wrestling quite a, every now and then. He did a video series on wrestling for Vice, and he actually did a documentary on the Tournament of Death one year. Yeah, and that was the one where um, Nick Gage ended up... Nearly dying. Um, 
nearly dying. And him asking, well, can't I just go out there and do something? And they're like, like, no, no. you're dying. You're squirting blood everywhere. And I was like, this is too much. Like, holy shit. This is the, that's the type of stuff that I'm just like, okay, dude, that, that's, I can do the thumbtacks. I can do the barbed wire. I can do the, I can do the light tubes. But when you're doing shit like, hey, we're going to jump off this 90 foot thing into a fucking semi. Like, just, no, that one actually, that one actually isn't that bad. I know. I saw that, but still, I used to have a tape of like the best of like, from, I got it from like high spots. Yes. Anywho, we'll figure it out. I'm just saying, like, I'm not all into, like, the super blood and guts. All right. I'll try to... I know. I'm a wuss. Can't well, there's handle... one, there, there's one match from, like, Tournament of Death 2 where, like, Sexy Eddie, which which is uh, one of uh, um, Kevin Steen's and El Generico's best friends. Yeah. Like... He ends up nicking his artery and he squirts blood in his mouth and I think that's like really cool. But we won't that's watch that. That's really one. cool. <laughs> Jesus. Oh my goodness. What did I just what did I just sign myself up for? <laughs> It'll be fine. Uh, I wanna be scarred. Uh, Alright. Tell us what you guys think of Akira Tawe. Reviewamania.com there you'll find all our previous episodes. WrestleMania 32 will be coming out. WrestleMania play button will be up up shortly in due time. Till then, Yay. stay safe, everybody. Bye.